What's going on, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Philly's Finest Podcast, brought to you by Philadelphia's Finest Sports News on Twitter. I'm your host, Ryan D., and on today's episode, we're going to take a look ahead at the future of 76ers basketball by looking into the upcoming NBA draft. We're also going to be answering some of our listeners' questions that were submitted on Twitter, and I'll tell you who I think could be a great fit here in Philadelphia. Okay, the NBA draft is now 11 days away, and right now I'm going to give you the one guy I think is an absolute ideal fit for the Philadelphia 76ers, and that would be Mikael Bridges out of Villanova. Um, His NBA comparison has been Otto Porter, a little bit of Robert Covington, and a guy that I actually see a lot of him in, and that's Kawhi Leonard. Um, Some people think that's a far-fetched Comparison, I personally don't. You know, when Kawhi came into the NBA, it took him two or three years to be able to elevate his game to where it is now. So there's a lot of possibilities that Mikhail, you know, might not be an MVP or defensive player of the year type caliber player, but I see a lot of the abilities in his game that I see in Kawhi's as well. So, you know, First and foremost, he's a prototypical 3 and D wing for the next level. A six foot seven guard forward with elite length and athleticism. Um, he's evolved from being a defensive standout to one of the best outside shooters and wings on the whole college level. And I think he's quite possibly the best two-way player available in this year's draft. And figures to probably be the most NBA ready as well. You know, he has a very polished three-point shot, great form, accuracy, confidence in his shot. He gets his feet set quickly, has a quick release, quick elevation, nice follow-through, and he's got the range and consistency. He shot nearly 50% of his shots from behind the three-point arc, where he's extremely efficient, shooting 43% from the three-point line for his career at Villanova. He has improved his ability to attack the rim off the bounce and finish with dunks, finishing strong at the hole. That's one thing he wasn't very good at when he first started in Villanova, and then he flourished on towards the end of his junior season. And the thing that excites me the most about Mikhail is his seven-foot wingspan, you know, because that allows him to get off shots with ease, as well as, you know, making a difficult matchup on the defensive end. You know, he excels on the defensive end. And, you know, he's very disruptive with that great length that we talked about. Um, You know, he makes it hard for guys to get clean looks. Again, with a seven-foot wingspan, he's constantly in guys' face. He's able to smother him with his defense. You know, he doesn't gamble for steals. And he's learned to play sound, fundamental defense after spending four years under Jay Wright at Villanova, who's one of the best defensive college coaches there is in the game. You know... He's an extremely efficient overall offensive player, shooting 51.6% from field goals, 42.9% from the three-point range, and 84.7% from the free throw line. So he's got great numbers all around as far as shooting goes. Um, You know, he improved considerably in his junior season, going from a key role player to a star. He went from 10 points per game all the way up to 18 points per game as a junior. Um, 
And, you know, on the college level, he was Villanova's go-to athletic scorer. And he became known for being a clutch shooter, and he always seemed to elevate his game during the biggest moments of the game, which is something all NBA guys, scouts, GMs love. So that's one guy that I think is an absolute ideal pick and fit for the 76ers. And now we're going to get into our first listener question, and that comes to us from Brandon Holmes at bholmes04, who wants to know, will the Sixers make any moves to get a better draft pick? And Brandon, that's a great question. I do think the Sixers are going to make a trade on draft night to acquire a better draft pick. And I could give you a scenario right now I think is pretty realistic to happen. You know, right now we're sitting at pick number 10 and 26 overall in the first round, and we also have four second-round picks. So something I could see happening would be putting two or three of those second-round draft picks together, you know, maybe throw in a player, add that to pick number 10, and possibly move up a few picks to guarantee they get the guy that they want, whether it's Mikhail Bridges, you know, if there's somebody that, once the first two or three, four picks go and somebody's sliding in the draft that, you know, they're really, really high on, whatever the case may be. That's a trade, I think, that has a realistic shot of happening if they want to do it. And in the same token, I could see them doing the same thing with pick 26. You know, this is one of the deepest drafts that we've had in quite a few years here. So, Maybe they don't want to stay at the bottom half of the first round. Maybe they, again, put two or three of those second-round picks together, throw in a player, add it to pick 26 and move up into the late teens, you know, to try to get even maybe two top 20 picks in this draft would be huge. So I think, realistically, those are two scenarios that could happen on draft night. And our next series of questions come from Jason Santino at jsantino13. And let's head on over and see what he's got to say. Hey, Ryan, how you doing? It's Jason Santino. I got a couple questions about the NBA draft for you. What players do you think have the highest bust potential? Are the top sleepers? and have the highest ceiling out of all the players in this year's NBA draft. Thanks. All right. Hey, Jason, thanks for submitting those questions. They're great questions as far as this draft goes. So we'll get into your first one. Who do I think are the top sleepers in this year's NBA draft? And I'll give you three. And this is just based off where they're projected to be picked in all the mock drafts. And to me, that's what makes them sleepers. So the first one I'll give you is projected to be picked late in the first round or possibly sliding down to the middle of the second round. And that's the power forward center from Missouri, Jonte Porter. This isn't just Michael Porter Jr.'s little brother. Jonte is a legitimate NBA prospect. All right, when Michael Porter went down with a back injury at the start of the college basketball season, Jonte stepped up and helped lead Mizzou. The young lefty averaged 9.9 points a game, 6.8 rebounds, but his 2.2 assists per game is what really stands out to me. As a big man, he has the ability to find the open man and pass out of the double teams. You know, he can also stretch the floor with his three-point shooting ability, and that's a quality that's most prized in today's NBA. You know, Porter, 
He can influence the game with everything from scoring, rebounding, passing, defensively. You know, he does a little bit of everything very well. So I think with all that being said, he could end up being quite the steal in a couple of years down the road. Um, Another guy that I really like and think could be a big sleeper, he's projected to go in the middle of the second round, and that is Javon Carter from West Virginia, the point guard. To me, Carter is a legitimate NBA player. You know, my favorite part about his game is his mid-range game. He can shoot it consistently from the left side, the right side, the top of the key. You know, he seems to have almost better court vision in confined spaces, and he's a master at creating for himself and players around him. You know, he has so much experience as a guard and running an offense and if you've ever watched him play a game in West Virginia this past season, the effort that he plays with, the defensive intensity that he plays with and work ethic is hands down probably one of the best in the entire draft. You know, the kid is a legitimate blue-collar worker, and he kind of reminds me of Derek Fisher in a way. You know, not as gifted and maybe doesn't have the range that Derek had, but as far as being a a solid lockdown defender, a floor general, Javon Carter is probably the most experienced guard coming out in this draft. Um, And the last one I give you, he's projected to go early in the second round and some actually have him being selected late in the second round. And that is Devontae Graham of Kansas, the guard. You know, if it's not Carter, Graham is the most experienced guard in college basketball and he's known for his deadly jump shot. He shot 40% from deep in three of his four years at Kansas, and he knows how to attack the basket and do it quickly through contact. You know, one thing to note about Graham is how versatile he was in terms of his role in college. His first couple seasons, he played off ball a lot when there was guys like Wayne Selden Jr. there, Frank Mason III. You know, they were setting up all the good looks for him on the perimeter. But in his senior season... Graham averaged 17 points per game and thrived as a ball-dominant point guard, which is what I think he'll have to play in the NBA because he's a little undersized. He's 6'2", ninety-five, So he's going to have to become a point guard. But he shows the ability to score at will, and he's been able to set up his teammates with good looks all throughout his college career. You know, Graham is a smart player and a proven scorer and someone who can accept whatever role you want to put him in. So I think he could be one of the biggest sleepers in this whole draft. Um, Your next question you wanted to know was, who has the biggest bust potential? And to me, this guy's projected to go in a lot of the mock drafts anywhere between pick seven and probably 15, I think, is his average. So at that range... You have to be a legitimate NBA starter and come in and make an immediate impact right off the bat and probably down the road either become a star in this league or, you know, an above average starter. And based off those guidelines, I think that Robert Williams from Texas A&M has the biggest potential to be a bust. Listen, I've watched film on Robert Williams leading up to this draft. And he just disappears for stretches of games, you know, particularly offensively. You know, his competitive level, his competitive level, excuse me, 
has been questioned by some. You know, he doesn't always seem like he's in control when he's on the court. Um, he's been working to extend his range, according to draft reports, but he still lacks any consistency in his jump shot. You know, he's a very poor free throw shooter, but he's a raw prospect with his athletic ability and his size. But despite making a big leap in his development from his freshman year, he didn't progress nearly as much as a sophomore typically does. And again, he struggles to make a major offensive impact when he doesn't have the physical advantage over his competition. You know, if he's not athletically grabbing rebounds over people, making those explosive dunks, things of that nature, he just disappears in the game. So those are big red flags for me for someone getting picked that high. And I could see him potentially being a bust. Um... Your last question, Jason, was who has the highest ceiling? And to me, the guy that has the highest ceiling in this draft is Kevin Knox from Kentucky. Now, Kevin Knox has all the tools necessary to become a great shooter in the NBA. He can shoot on the move. He's amazing at pick and roll plays. And he's good enough at driving to the basket that people have to be wary of his slashing ability. And that usually gives him enough room or a window to pull up and drain a jumper. You know, another thing that makes me excited to watch him play at the next level is that he understands the game better than anyone else on the court. You know, and what I mean by that is he knows exactly what he is good at, and you will seldomly see him put himself in a position where he won't be able to be successful. You know, he might need to improve his ISO game if he ever wants to become a number one option on a team, But Knox could come in and he could be a spectacular pick and roll option out of the gate for any team. You know, his athleticism, his size, he's got a great touch. And again, I think that's a guy that not only has the highest ceiling, but he's another guy that I would absolutely love to end up in Philadelphia. I think he's a perfect fit for playing with a guy like Joel Embiid and a ball dominant point guard and Ben Simmons he would fit in absolutely perfect with those guys with the pick and roll offenses that they could instill even more than what they did a little bit this past season Knox fits right into that perfectly so other than that I'll give you two other guys that I really like and I could see actually I'll give you three guys that I really think could be great for the Sixers depending on where they pick in the first round if they pick any in the second round You know, I really like Lonnie Walker out of Miami. That guy is amazing. His handling ability is through the roof. He can get wherever he wants to on the court. He can attack the rim. He's got a pretty decent jump shot. He's been working on his range defensively with his length, you know, and he's pretty big for your average, I guess, point guard or shooting guard. He's coming in at 6'5", so... Again, with that length, he's going to be a solid defender. He already is a solid defender. I think he could be an elite defender at the next level if he continues to work on it like he has. And that's another thing about that kid. His work ethic has been through the roof as far as this combine and preparing himself for the draft. So I don't see any reason why that wouldn't transition into the NBA. Another guy I really love is Dante DiVincenzo from Nova. You know, same thing, a bigger point guard, shooting guard. That kid lit it up in this past college basketball season, especially 
in the national championship game, the biggest game of the year, all the lights on him, he drops 31 points off the bench. You know what I mean? So clearly playing in the big lights does not affect this kid whatsoever. He's a leader. He's a team first player. You know, great defender. He has above average court vision. You know, he can do a little bit of everything well. And he can also create his own shot off the dribble, just like Lonnie Walker. And those are two key things that the 76ers were missing this year. Guys that could create their own shot. And having that stretch, you know, point guard, shooting guard, that's a little oversized. I can come in, shoot the ball, pass the ball, defend, do a little bit of everything. You know, I think Dante DiVincenzo is going to be a solid pro, and he's been wowing people at the Combine right now. He's probably got one of the highest reviews coming out of the Combine in recent memory. Um, one last guy that I'll give you is Colin Sexton from Alabama. He's right in that area too. A pretty decent-sized point guard slash shooting guard, combo guard. A leader. He took over for Alabama during the tournament. You know, he can score the basketball. He has a great ability to get to the basket. He's a phenomenal passer. He knows how to get his teammates involved. You know, his defense could be better. And I think that's one thing people have said he needs to get better on. But it's not, it's a little bit better than average. You know, his court vision as far as becoming a point guard needs to be improved just a little bit. But again, he's a floor general. He's a guy that can do a little bit of everything. And again, that key piece, he can create his own shot. And that is something that we desperately need on this team going into next season. Um, So those are all the guys that I like. Those are all the guys that I think are, you know, the top sleepers, highest ceiling, biggest busts. We touched a little bit of everything today. Brandon, Jason, thanks for giving your questions to us. And I hope you guys are excited as I am to see how this NBA draft turns out for the Philadelphia 76ers. It's certainly the one of the biggest steps for us to become a championship contender heading into next season. Um, next episode, guys, we're going to really sit down and dive into free agency. That's the last piece of the offseason, and it's going to be a big one. You know, obviously, LeBron James possibly and more than likely will be out on the market. Paul George is out there. There's a couple other guys that aren't really superstars, but there's a pretty solid list of free agents that are going to be available. So we'll dive into that. I'll let you know who I think could be a good fit here in Philly. And we'll talk about the big-name guys, if we could land one. And if for some reason we can't or they don't, I'll give you a couple guys I could fill in and make an immediate impact on the Sixers and get us even deeper into the playoffs next season. So... Thanks for listening again, guys, and I'll catch you next time.